Okay, so think back to math class back in the day. I'm going to use math as an example of a broader concept going forward, but just think back to math. Uh, assuming you haven't done it in a while, it, it's, it's, it's an area where we learned a bunch of techniques, primarily, right? Uh, learning techniques, learning rules to arrive at certain results. So things like cross-multiplying, factoring, integration by substitution. You, uh, you might remember those trigonometric identities. Matrix operations, differentiation rules, right? Series expansions. I don't know what else. Logarithmic properties, uh, you know, those rules of probability and all that kind of stuff. Maybe some of those sound familiar, maybe not, you know. Uh, but if I ask you, you know, if some of those sound familiar, what did they mean? Most of you are probably going to be like, I don't know. I haven't done that in a while. But maybe you are a practicing scientist or even a mathematician right now. And I said, well, what do they mean, you know, conceptually? What do those really stand for? Uh, and a lot of you still would might be, uh, I mean, I know the techniques behind it. Maybe, maybe I remember some of the rules. Like, uh, I remember cross multiplying or if I have to, you know, two fractions that I have to multiply together, or add together or subtract. Maybe you remember some of that, uh, maybe that Taylor expansion thing. I kind of remember, but I'm not talking about the rules. I mean, like the concepts, like, can you envision in your mind what is happening? Can you rotate those concepts around in your mind? Can you really feel what's going on? Most of you would probably say. No, because math wasn't taught like that. Math education is primarily just learning rules to get results. And then you did them and you passed your exams and then you, most of you have probably forgotten them. Or if you are one of the few people that are actually employing mathematics today in your career, you still are probably just largely following rules, right? It's the way that math is taught. So you might say, yeah, okay, what's wrong with that? I mean, math has a purpose. It has utility to it. At least that's what we're told. And, uh, you know, if you take a look at a lot of the technology that we build and, you know, landing people on the moon and all the things that we do, you know, presumably mathematics was involved in a lot of that. And if, if all you did was learn the rules, then you could go use those rules in your career and, and you know, hey, that, that's, that's still good, right? Um, well, okay, here's my issue with, and I'm using math as the example, and, and I'll go into the broader category of just anything that's taught like this later, but. Here's the problem with teaching math like this. These tricks bypass, in my opinion, and I think in many opinion of others, what is really happening. It bypasses what's actually happening, which must be true because if you can follow a set of rules to get a result and then someone asks you, okay, forget the rules, tell me what this means, and then you can't tell them, then you didn't really understand what was happening. You just blindly followed the rules. This is true of anything, obviously. It, and, and this is the problem with learning rules, math included or anything else. It, it bypasses genuine comprehension. You're just kind of learning the steps to do it. Now, you might say, yeah, maybe that's just how it starts. But if you do that again and again, eventually it sinks in. Well, what sinks in? Because I'm asking you if you know the concepts behind it. And you're saying no. And a lot of people would say no. To, to really intuitively grasp what is happening without using the jargon, without employing the rules yet again. To, to envision, to draw, let's say with pictures or to visualize in your mind what is truly happening. I think a lot of these rules bypass what happens. And this can lead to obviously a kind of superficial grasp of mathematical concepts and hinder deep, you know, the deeper learning that we're supposed to be after. It could actually hinder problem solving abilities, right? Because to solve a problem is not really to solve a set of rules, even if you're using math to solve the problem. It's to have intuition is to make analogical connections to what you already know, is to feel your way through a problem. And that's not an unrigorous thing to say. That's not a hand-wavy thing. You do have to feel your way. I mean, I, I say this a lot. Emotions exist for reasons. They are anchors. They employ or help us employ heuristics to resolve complex situations. You're not going to solve a problem by following a bunch of rules. You might replicate something. You're not going to solve anything novel. Okay. 
So let's use the math as an example of how it can be kind of mindless when all you learn are the rules. So I, I mentioned some of those like cross multiply factor, all this kind of stuff. So factoring, you know, you could mindlessly apply those factoring rules without understanding how factors actually relate to the structure of the numbers or expressions. Or don't worry if you don't remember what factoring is, it doesn't matter. Just bear with me for a second. Uh, you know, integration by substitution, if that sounds familiar. Okay, so you can you follow the rules and use substitution to simplify the integrals, but you could do that without really understanding anything about how it transforms the integral or why a particular substitution was chosen. Remember those trigonometric identities, right? Everybody hated those. You could employ them. You could eventually figure, out, figure them out. You eventually pass the exam. But we were told to employ them mechanically, right? And then there was little if no understanding of, let's say, their geometric interpretations. Might depend on the teacher you had. Maybe some people had better than others. Matrix operations, you do all this kind of stuff. Uh, but, but did you really understand the linear algebraic concepts that they represented? Uh, differentiation, right? Remember your calculus, you apply all the differentiation rules. But did you understand the fundamental principles behind them? Expanding series, you can utilize the series expansions, but you can do that without understanding the convergence properties, right? Or the relationship of the function that was being approximated. Logarithms are a big one, right? You remember logarithms? How many, of you, how many of you know what a logarithm actually is? Like what it actually is? I'm not talking about like really a dictionary definition, right? Definitions and meanings are not the same thing. What is the meaning behind a logarithm? It has to do with kind of a multiplicative growth. It has to do with the way things can kind of take off exponentially. You have to understand the relationships between exponentials and logarithms to really understand the meat of what it represents. It's not a rule to follow, right? I mean, you can do it as a rule, but that's not the meaning behind it. Probability comes up in all areas of life. You know, and for, forget school. I mean, just looking at, you know, a news article on the latest study of, I don't know, red meat or veganism or something like that. And you want to try to understand a little bit deeper behind the superficial and likely biased and agenda-driven media. You want to understand what, you know, let's say the, the study that they're pointing to represents. You got to have some notion of how probability works. Whatever. Anyways, it, it just gets presented as a bunch of rules, right? But do you understand the assumptions behind those rules? Uh, are, you, are you just taking them as a grain of salt? So I used math, uh, you know, education, which is quite frankly abysmal uh, as my example, because it's just a bunch of mindless rules that they throw at you. It's not the concepts. It's not math. It's not math. Learning a bunch of rules is not math. Okay. And, and that's true for anything. It, it's, it's, there are deeper concepts. There are reasons that something like mathematics resides in our minds and has persisted throughout time and does have utility in the world. And those reasons are not, for, uh, are not following rules. Those reason, the, the reason for the, its survival is not because there's rules involved, <laughs> right? It, it's because it has an overlap to some extent with nature. It, it has uh, uh, consistency to it, you know, a type of internal consistency, has a logic to it. There's a reason to use it, but it's not about following rules. It's deep-seated concepts related to how quantities exist and interact and, uh, and what you can derive from that. Many of the skills that we learn in schooling and after, so forget not just math, just anything, although especially the hard skills, I would say, are akin to the kind of mindless rules we learn in math. Okay, so let's use some other examples. Um, you know, you, you get this with language learning all the time, okay? Whether it's an app that's coming out, this, you know, or a class that you take to learn a language, or if you had to take another language, let's say in high school or something. So they'll teach you the vocabulary and the grammar rules. And what they're not doing is emphasizing, let's say, the communication or the cultural context that, that is, is, and because of that, is going to lead to shallow language skills. In other words, when people go to learn a language, well, when you were a baby, when you were a kid, like a toddler growing up, 
the way you learn a language is not by grabbing a dictionary. It's not by learning syntax and grammar rules, right? <laughs> Vocabulary. You know, you were mumbling and, and your parents were pointing to things as, as they said, as they made these noises that you didn't understand. And then eventually that context filled it in and you could speak as well. And, and the, the, you know, the, the most best way you speak your native language had nothing to do with vocabulary and grammar uh, in terms of you learning it. That's an after-the-fact explanation of what you're doing, right? There's a big difference. You did not require vocabulary and grammar in the rule sense in order to, to, to learn a language. But, but this is how language today is still taught, largely, you know. Uh, and again, some are better than others. You might have, uh, uh, you know, some teachers that actually try to integrate you into the culture to learn the language. But, you know, learners can often just memorize phrases and they don't understand their usage or the cultural nuances, which is what makes a language what it is. You know, think about, you know, my native language, English, there's so many little social things that you got to pick up on to really understand why a word is used, when it's used. And that's true for all languages. Uh, history, you know, they'll teach you the historical dates and the events, all these kind of isolated facts, but they won't explore the underlying social, political, or economic contexts of the history. And that just gives you a superficial understanding of history. You know what this reminds me of is, I just saw, I think it was on Twitter or something, or X, the other day, um, Someone was wearing one of these devices. I don't know if it was from Google or whatever, but they could uh, basically search Google with their mind, apparently. I'm not sure if they're using like alpha waves or something or some kind of vibration, but they can search Google. So someone was asking them a question and then he was able to search Google and then give them the answer right away. They, they did this like 10 years ago um, with, with one of those, I don't know if it was Google, the glasses that they came out with. I think it was Google glasses or whatever. And someone could search the internet right there. They could kind of slowly just search Google and give the answers, right? But that has nothing to do with learning or comprehension or intelligence and definitely nothing to do with expertise. You know, I, I made a comment that, you know, knowing a bunch of facts has nothing to do with expertise, right? Expertise is a synthesis of facts. It's coming up with some creative, innovative thing going forward. It's not isolated. Anyways, so, so same kind of thing, right? Uh, you know, science, they, they can teach scientific formulas and laws, but they don't, if you don't engage students in kind of hands-on experiments and inquiry-based learning, you're just going to get this limited understanding of scientific concepts. You can memorize equations all you want, but that doesn't mean you grasp anything about the underlying principles, let alone, you know, the core scientific method that makes things possible. Literature, you can analyze all the literary works, and maybe you're just doing that for the plot summary or identifying, you know, literary devices, whatever that is without delving into themes, symbolism, or, or the authorial kind of content that can result in... I mean, look, just doing that just leads to the superficial understanding of literature, all this kind of jargon that they throw at stuff, right? It's a very academic thing. If you, if, you, know, if you go to talk to someone, you know, like a, uh, an academic in writing, no offense to them. I'm not saying that you know, there's something wrong with all of them. But when you academize, to make up a word, uh, too much of what you're talking about, uh, it, it's, it's not really real anymore. You know, it, it's like when people talk about Mozart and, you know, you get this academic kind of reverse engineering of a Mozart piece. And I guarantee you, Mozart wasn't even thinking about this kind of thing. I mean, people have picked it apart so much and they think they figured out all the little patterns or whatever, but that has nothing to do with how Mozart created it. Mozart wasn't thinking about any of that garbage. That, that's that post hoc explanation that comes later. A lot of it's likely fiction. Anyways, uh, art, you know, the, you, you teach art techniques and art history. Again, that's not all bad. But if you do that without encouraging personal expression or critical interpretation, then you get this shallow understanding of art, right? It's about doing it. Uh, you can reproduce a famous work, but if you didn't explore the cultural significance or the artistic innovation, what did you achieve? 
You know, music, this one really bothers me too, almost as much as math. You know, people learn about music theory and notation and they learn nothing about creative expression or listening to diverse musical genres that, you know, could give them more than just that limited understanding of music. You know, you can learn to read sheet music without really understanding anything about piano, as far as I'm concerned. If we're talking about piano, or any music for that matter. If you don't understand the cultural context or the different musical styles, or, or you know, forget even that, just, just the emotional aspect of trying to figure out how to press keys to make it sound good. You know, I look at a, a lot of people who read um, uh, sheet music for piano, fully trained, you know, they might even be concert pianists, and they don't look like they're enjoying the piano. <laughs> they sit down, and they kind of look all herky-jerky on the, on the, on the piano be, because, you know, they're looking at the music and then they're looking at the keys and they're trying to fit. It's all very systematic and rules-based. And I get it. If you want to replicate one of the great works, that's the way to do it. But, you know, they're really, really missing something. And a lot of those people have never composed their own piece of music. And that just drives me crazy. I don't, I don't believe you can understand music unless you've created your own version of it. And you don't create your own version of something by following rules. I'm not saying there are no rules because I, I argue for structure a lot. It, there's a minimum amount of rule following a structure that's needed. And I'm definitely not against the use of techniques, as I've talked about before. You should turn truth into technique. But there's a difference between a minimal, good, truth-bearing structure and one that is just utterly mindless. And, and people get too caught up in this just kind of rules-based, mindless rule following. And, and they go to sit down on the piano or whatever the analogy is, art, math, science, you know, whatever. And, uh, and they're just... They don't understand. They don't get it. They're not creating. They're not expressing. They're not one with the instrument or the tool, whatever the vocation is. Um, physical education, sports, you can go teach all the fitness drills and the sports techniques. But if you don't educate students on the importance of physical activity and overall of health and well-being to begin with, like, why are you actually doing this? It's not just the competition. Um, you know, the principles of teamwork and sportsmanship and lifelong fitness and all that kind of stuff is, is such a bigger, more important part of it. Um, especially because you're not going to be able to compete forever, are you? <laughs> right? As you get older. Uh, at least not at the same level. Um, anyways, computer science, another one that drives me nuts. You know, people come out of computer science with their degrees and they have never actually made a piece of software. They just learn the fundamentals. As if fundamentals lead to the outputs and they don't. Sorry, they don't. You have to build real things. You have to make the mistakes. You have to do trial and error. I would totally trust someone with no computer science background, but who has been keep, you know, building projects over someone who knows how to regurgitate all the little rules, but has never actually pieced things together to build something. Those are two very different things. So, you know, they can talk about the programming language and the syntax, kind of like learning language, any other language. They don't emphasize the problem solving uh, or the algorithmic thinking that results in, uh, in uh, you know, more conceptual algorithmic thinking that actually results in, in good outcomes. They just have this kind of superficial understanding of the science of computing. You know, it's like writing code without understanding the actual underlying logic or the, con or, you know, the, the, the computational concepts that make things happen on a computer. Ethics, philosophy, people love to spout this stuff, right? To some extent, myself included, but you, you know, you can teach the ethical principles, read about the ethical principles, in some sense, follow the rules, you know, you can regurgitate philosophical theories, but you can do all that without having any critical thinking being encouraged or, or actual ethical reasoning. And again, this leads to a shallow understanding of morality and philosophy, which is highly, highly problematic, especially if 
you know, individuals are in positions of power and they're spouting aspects of morality or philosophy, ethics, whatever, right? You can memorize all the ethical rules that you want, but if, if, if you have to grapple with moral dilemmas, real moral dilemmas, and, and real ethical implications in real-world scenarios to actually understand this stuff. Okay. So, I, you know, I, I use math as the example. Cross-multiply factor, integration by substitution, some of the stuff you might kind of remember, you probably don't. That, that's, don't feel bad about that. Math education is almost pure garbage, so there's no reason you would remember it. Uh, math is not garbage, but the math education is largely pure garbage. It's very rules-based. It's stripped of context. It has very little meaning associated with it. Those tricks bypass what is really happening. Mind, you can mindlessly factor something without understanding how factors relate to the structure of numbers, right? Integrate by substituting without, you know, understanding why a particular substitution is chosen and all this kind of stuff. And, and I was just using math as the example. This is true of so many life skills, really all of them. Learning language, learning history, science, literature, art, music, right? Physical education, computer science, ethics, philosophy, take your pick. Religion doesn't matter. If you just go and you follow the rules and you kind of replicate what was done or you do what, you know, is kind of expected of you, that doesn't mean you have a deeper comprehension of it. You, and, and it's not going to serve you in your life if you don't have a deep comprehension of it. So I, I title this episode, Don't Let Schooling Turn You Into an Idiot, you know, and, and maybe being a little bit facetious, but it's true. I mean, it, it is to be an idiot, to do nothing but follow rules. You have to bring yourself to what you're making. You have to express yourself. And you can't do that unless you have a deep, emotional, deep-rooted, deep-seated understanding of concepts and what they mean. And, and there's not really labels for those things. Okay, it's good to learn a language. You got to learn some jargon. I, I'll say it again. Techniques are definitely important and structure is important up to a point. Um, but you, you, you can start, you can seed your project with that structure and those rules, but then you got to let go and then you got to let loose. Stop reading the sheet music. Press the damn keys. <laughs> Put the damn sheet music down and, and press the keys and, and figure out how to move your body in a way to make music sound good. Not everyone's going to think it sounds good. doesn't matter. You got to create. You know, if you want to learn mathematics, you know, uh, you want to apply it to something, take a real project and do the mathematics. You use, use the textbooks maybe as a reference to kind of anchor your work. Don't just go to the textbook and learn all the rules. That's not going to do anything for you. Everything you look at is going to be completely and utterly out of context. It, you know, to, to do nothing but follow mindless rules to produce, produce results that have already been produced anyway is, is in some sense, to be a bit of an idiot, okay? Um, so look, to ensure that we don't let schooling and life and institutions and jobs turn us into idiots, what do we do? Well, we got to seek understanding. We got to ask questions, Right? This is not what you do when you just follow rules. You, know, you talk to people, ask questions. You know, I had that episode, don't look for answers, look for conversations, right? Engage with the material. Teach others. Regardless of even, even if you're just beginning, you really want to learn something, try to teach it, try to explain it to someone else. Make connections, apply your knowledge, build something real. You have to have a project. Embrace your mistakes. Mistakes are beautiful. They're worth their weight in gold. You got to learn to think critically. You can't do that by following rules. Even something like, Logic. I'm a huge fan of logic. I create, you know, those, those applications that list all the logical fallacies. These are great. You could think of them as rules, obviously, but they're only there to anchor real-world conversations or real-world reasoning. Thinking critically is not to follow rules. It's to immerse yourself in a real-world situation and then go back and anchor them on 
some of the rules. So it's a directionality thing. Like it's, it's don't just learn all the rules and that's what you get. Go live life and then put l- real life with all of its context onto some minimal structures, whether that's logical or mathematical or religious or whatever it is. You know, you have to live. You have to breathe life into what you do. Stay curious and, and reflect regularly. Does this rule make sense? Am I applying it correctly? Okay. So use math as an example. Show that it can be really mindless. That's true for a lot of things. And uh, look, don't let schooling turn you into an idiot. Okay. It's not about the rules. It's about the concepts. It's about being able to visualize it in your mind. It's, being, it's about being able to feel what you're doing, to make those emotional connections. That's not a hand-weavy thing. That's actually a far more intellectually true and rigorous way to explain how the human mind learns and produces value. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care.